0: You're listening to the Interbank Room, a podcast that challenges individuals to be passionately curious. My name is Douglas Witherup and I'm the senior pastor to the Multiply family of churches. Join us as I sit down with industry leaders as we laugh, converse, and sometimes debate our way through how to approach life with a spirit of discovery and adventure. Welcome to the Interrobang Room. I'm your host, Doug Weatherup. I'm here with Zach Witt and John Hernandez. I'm going for the world record, fellas, of longest title ever for a podcast episode. So I don't know if this is in the running, but here's, here's our topic for today. Um, I want to talk about the silent pandemic, the silent pandemic. So um, the lack of physical touch during COVID-19 and its effect on our emotional, Mental and physical health, and I've I've actually been thinking about that for uh, for quite a while, and kind of just processing this over the last several weeks. Um, for for instance, two weeks ago, so we are we're pastors, and uh, two weeks ago it was our second week into opening up our physical locations. We'd been online only for. Uh, 10 weeks or so and we opened up our physical location so it was my first it was my first large-scale interaction with with people I mean we'd been out and about grocery store and different things like that but my first large-scale interaction with people and we walked away so we we had two services um, I had uh, several hundred people at at each service socially distanced all of that and we went home Uh, That afternoon and Camden and I were just talking about my wife and I were just talking about the experience and I and I made this comment to her like it just it felt weird Mm. it felt weird and what was weird about saying that it felt weird is like from a technical standpoint everything went really well like so from a media production standpoint everything went smooth that was a smooth morning. From a spiritual standpoint, like I felt like there was a good, there was a good feel in the house, Mm. like as we were communicating the word of God, as we were engaging in worship, like everything spiritually felt good, everything, uh, there weren't glitches, anything like that, but like something was missing. Mm. Like I just felt, I had like this emptiness in me that was, that was weird. And I just, I started thinking like, I think a big part of Mm. it was that that I was tricking myself, tricking my brain into thinking I had meaningful human interaction and I didn't. Like I was speaking to people, but these people were four to six feet apart. And a lot of them were wearing masks so I could see their eyes, but I couldn't see their smile. I couldn't see their mouth. And, you know, it's hard to hear through a mask. And, and then the big one for me was just lack of physical touch. I, I wasn't shaking anybody's hand. There was no, there was no hugs. There was no putting your hand on somebody's shoulder. And like for me, so if you go back to, um, um, I forget who wrote Five Love Languages. Um, so there's a, a great book out there called Five Love Languages. And it's just the way all of us process, uh, receive love. So the, the premise of that is like, we all have these tanks. We all have these love tanks and they're filled um, by physical touch quality time, words of affirmation, gifts and I acts forget of service. the other one acts, acts, of of, service. acts of service yeah and so physical touch is like my number my number one uh, the way I receive affirmation the way the way I receive uh, feel feeling valued and, and feeling loved. and that was absent that morning and I just it was kind of this quasi like I was around people that I cared about but there wasn't a true there wasn't a true connection. Yeah. Um so I, so I pulled up I pulled up this article um and it talks about this. It just talks about the power the power of physical touch. Uh it talks about that the hormone oxytocin is released and and this chemical in your body or this hormone they call it the warm and fuzzy hormone. So it's where it's where you feel love. It's where you feel um, bonding and well-being, this, this idea of oxytocin that is released in your body. And then, and then this article talks about three positive health manifestations that we receive from touch. Three positive health manifestations that we receive from touch. Number one, it inspires positive thinking and it expands trust. It inspires positive thinking and expands trust. So if I'm categorizing these, um, there I see mental health and relational health. Second, positive health manifestation from touch. Number two, it reduces social, social anxiety and stress. So there you have emotional health. Third one, it boosts immune systems and lowers blood pressure, physical health there's mental health there's relational health there's emotional health and there's physical health all tied to physical touch something that during the last 13 weeks of our lives during this covid season that I'm like if you're if you're married or if you have a significant other if you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend if kids like There is hopefully there's still that physical touch going on, but like guys, I'm thinking about large populations of our society—single, single single adults, um, elderly people that are divorced or or widowed or uh, that sort of thing. Like large populations of our society that have been isolated that think that they may be connecting over a screen, and they're like, "Man, I'm I'm anxious, I'm stressed. What's going on? Mm -hmm. I'm short with people. Like." All of these, their, their physical health may be deteriorating during this time and it may simply have to do with they haven't held anybody's hand yeah. in three months. They haven't hugged anybody. Like, that's a that's a big deal. John, this goes all the way back like some crazy uh, 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 data out of this and experiments that were done with infants. Yeah, yeah, so in
1: the 1940s, they did this experiment with 40 infants and um, it's kind of mind-blowing. The thought was how much this physical touch affect the birth and development of children. What they found was four months in, they actually had to halt the experiment because over half the babies died. Mm. And when you, when you do a little investigation into the research, what you find is they had a hard time even figuring out physically what would happen wow. because the baby seemed healthy. The places were completely sterile. The child, the caregivers that were assigned were assigned to give the child everything it needed physically. But not touch them wow. or engage in wow. an any time that that physical touch and Dude. these children would slowly but surely deteriorate they would stop being communicative they would start withdrawing you could see it they would say that they could see it in their eyes before the the children would just die and then and they halted the experiment they pulled some of these kids out of them put them in normal family structure where they were getting this and even them they developed some um, mental issues uh, a lot of them developed some mental um, um I don't know how else to say that, I don't know why that yeah. word slipping me out right now, but but also um, were incredibly emotionally wrecked by this whole process and never really functioned as a normal adult in the more normal the, the modern world, yeah. and all because they were limited to touch. And, and you kind of see the flip of that on the other side, what would happen in Bogota, so in 1970s, they had this huge death rate among premature babies in Bogota, Colombia. And they decided what they would try to do is this thing that we now commonly call kangaroo care. To be honest, the first exposure I had to this was when my boys who were born premature Mm -hmm. uh, were born. And one of the first engagements I had with them, you know, you see them in their premature, their preemie bubbles where they're getting all the air and the oxygen they need and, and they're being monitored. Well, they would take them out once or twice a day and Jess and I would go to the to the hospital to visit them they would take all of the wrappings off of the child so that the child was fully unclothed except for its diaper and they would lay Micah and Noah on my chest wow um, what they found in bogota but doing this they drastically reduced the rate of premature That's infant clear. death yeah. it's something that we do today in 2020 it's kangaroo care is a big part of now the prenatal i mean the um the premature baby wow. process yeah and where it helps is that skin to skin holding stabilizes the baby's heart it teaches the baby how to be like the the baby's body physically learns the rhythm of your heart as it's listening wow. which is incredible it also helps the baby and uh, respond as far as it pertains to respiratory rate mm. so the baby learns not only your heartbeat but it learns how to breathe and improves oxygen saturation and better regulates the baby's body temperature so all of that from infant Touching, which is yeah. crazy when you think about it, because naturally, what do we do when we see a baby? We bring it close. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's almost instinctual. Right. Course. Yeah.
0: That's it. But that's, that's crazy. So those babies that passed away, again, they were getting all the physical nutrition all of it. that they need. Mm-hmm. There was no danger. So completely safe environment, completely sterile environment, completely physically nutritious environment, and not, they didn't get weaker. They died. Yeah because of lack of human skin to skin contact. Um, so when you're talking about, we talked about the uh, elderly population and how it affects that. Like um, Zach and your family, you've got on the other end, yep. uh, both ends of the spectrum, you've got a, a very young child, but then you've got a, a grandparent that's very elderly. Yeah. Like how how is that affected? Yeah, uh,
2: let, me point, let me let me point to this quote by uh, Jim Butcher. He wrote this on the power of touch. He said, "There is a bone-deep security that goes with the brush of a human hand—a silent reflex-level affirmation that someone is near, that someone cares." Uh, and we really see that every time we take our daughter Piper to see Jenna's grandmother, who will be a hundred and three wow. in, in August. So there is—it's it, weird to think about. There's quite literally a century yeah. between my daughter. <laughs> And Jenna's grandmother. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so when we go to see her, she knows who Piper is, and, and it's inevitable that when we when we go to the the care facility that she stays at, um, the first you know five ten minutes she's kind of uh, not in a daze, but she she's just kind of like, hey, you guys are here. I see. You. As soon as we put Piper in her lap, she lights up.
0: Yeah. And and, and I yeah. think
2: this is why we kind of pointed to it on, on the other. It's not just for infants. It's, it's, it's for the human race. Yeah. Yes. Um, So as soon as Piper gets in Miss Josephine's lap, like any other toddler, she wants to just get right up in your face and and hold on to you. And so Piper's grabbing her great grandmother and giving her a hug and you see it in, in Josephine's eyes. She just lights up. Yeah. Um, She just kind of physically becomes younger. And I, and I think those oxytocin levels just kind of increase in that moment. Absolutely. So her eyes brighten a little bit. Wow. You see the smile on her face. It's almost like she's kind of regaining life. And um, here's the deal. With, with face-to-face and skin-to-skin contact, it's necessary for human survival. It, we, we just heard that from John. And I have a theory that this uh, that the lack of touch in our society uh, will cause lower and lower EQ levels. Uh, yeah. we, we have this yeah. concept that, that, yeah, we know we need to be touched. But right. when we're not, we don't understand people. Yeah. And I think this is why. If we look at the different levels of EQ levels at the base, there's self-awareness, then there's self-management. Going up a level, there's self-direction. And the top of that EQ pyramid is empathy. Wow. Well, it's hard to be empathetic with someone. Well, it's I hard doubt. to understand what someone feels emotionally if you're not able to understand feeling and emotion yourself because of a lack of yeah. touch. Yeah. So empathy creates avenues for positive social interactions. And by and large, the Western culture is an individualistic society. Right. It, it's me first. Yeah. It's, it's I'm going to take care of myself. And we're seeing this. We've talked about this on several other podcasts. We're distancing ourself from others. Yeah, And so with that distance becomes less and less touch. Uh, and the less we have touch in our society, the less empathetic we will be. And and um, I, I think that if we can't empathize with one another, uh, then then as a society, we're just we're just be going to become more and more lost.
0: I mean, you I mean you see this like we need we need in our society with the it, with the race relation issues, we yeah. need empathy more mm-hmm. more than ever. And. But we're we're physically apart from each other more than ever. So you see the tension. You see so, the tension there, even so right. So let's
2: talk about that for one second. Not only are we not ever having conversations with someone of a different race, I would say that the mass majority of our society has never touched anyone of a different race. Have you ever shaken a, a man's hand or a woman's hand that's of a of a different race than you? And those implications go a long way. In my household, listen my, my wife will let me know if I haven't kissed her that day. Yeah. If I go the entire, at night, she goes, you haven't kissed me all day. I'm in the (laughs) doghouse. So so there are implications of of physical touch. Well, you
0: you mentioned the difference in cultures and societies. I remember being in, in Africa. Um, (laughs) I mean, other cultures, they're not, we, we have more boundaries. Yes. Yes. We have, we need, we we like our space. It's not like that in Africa. So I remember going, um, I remember going, going on uh, where we were going door to door in Africa as part of an outreach, and they they paired us up, paired us up with with nationals, and I was paired up with a with a dude who was about my age. I was probably twenty, you know, early twenties at the time, and he reaches over and he just grabs my hand, and like you want to talk about like just every <laughs> weird like just for a, for an American yeah. uh, male. Like we don't, we don't skip down the road together, yeah. We're usually yeah. holding hands with <laughs> yeah. people that we've, we've just met. But like that was just common in their society of like, hey, I want to, like that's my way of not just shaking hands, but like a bonding yeah. um, issue as we walk down there. And so you have, so, so as a culture, you have West, Western culture, which we have our, our box and, oh. our, and our space then I hesitate to even mention this because this is a whole nother topic and I'm opening up a thing that we don't have time to delve into, but we've got a culture that, that in many ways doesn't know what positive physical touch no doubt. looks like. Yeah, no doubt. Right, so, so we've got in many ways, we've got a culture that doesn't know what positive physical touch looks like coming out of um maybe a childhood or an experience where physical touch was abused yeah. in their life so so we've got those while so we don't know in many ways we don't know how to to mm-hmm. engage in physical touch right now you add this pandemic on top of this yeah And this is something that as a culture, I think we just, we really have to think through. We really have to process.
1: My heart absolutely goes out for our single population.
0: Absolutely. A hundred percent. I
1: think I take it for granted. You know, we um, at Center City, um, the church that I pastor in Charlotte, we have a population of single people. Um, Our uh, associate pastor is phenomenal and she's single. And her perspective about this season of isolation has been completely different than my perspective my wife my boys hugging kissing jumping on me like that's every day for me to hear her uh comment about the interactions the the, how how to even process not being able to touch the people around her I think we are on the precipice of a um a, a real a real game changer in that population if we don't figure out this isolation thing relatively quickly. I
0: do, I do too. I think, and, and I'll say this statement, I don't mean this, look, look. Um, I am a doctor, I'm not a medical doctor. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not the kind of doctor that can help you physically. <laughs> but I, I worry about that COVID-19 is in our, in our elderly population. Yeah that we're going to have more of our elderly population die because they couldn't hug their grandkid yeah, than because no they got the disease. And I, I gotta, I told you guys this story earlier. I had a, uh, I lost a 102-year-old aunt two weeks ago. So when she was 101, she was living on her own, cleaning her own house, kept her own, her own house. Just, wow. you know, nothing yeah. wrong with her physically. Fell and broke her hip, um, went in a nursing home, and as is the case in many of those situations, she started... Um, you could just tell emotionally, yeah. she's a she's very, very strong, very positive person, but you can tell like, she just kept saying, man, I wish I was back home and so she, you can see some of that. Um, but then the COVID came and everything shut down and again, nothing as not a statement against our nursing homes. You got, you got to, I don't know yeah. how you, you navigate this any other way but like my dad couldn't go visit her, other right. relatives couldn't go visit her, and she died within a few months. And I think, I think again, I didn't do the, this is not a non-medical, but I don't think she died from something medically. I think she just died from lack of, of human interaction. Yeah, yeah,
1: you also talk about the trajectory where we were going with technology, um, the isolation that we kind of inflicted on ourselves technologically. You have a whole generation of people who are perfectly fine being disconnected from the world as long as they have their screen. COVID comes along and injects us. One of the things about that increased isolation is that with a further dependence on technology, you see a increase in narcissism, right? So even within itself, like all of this is a formula for disaster within a specific population that I think collectively we need to really be ready for on the other side of COVID.
0: I do do too. You just... I think what you said. What you said. It's a. It's a. We've got a recipe for a for a powder keg here. Without doubt, we've got heightened emotions mm-hmm. because of um, everything that is going on in the world. You've got heightened anxiety and stress levels, and then you remove physical touch, and that's why I titled this the silent the silent pandemic, because um, I don't think a lot. I haven't heard a lot of people talking about this, but um, you know, just that reduces that it reduces social anxiety and stress. So physical touch increases levels, not only the oxytocin, the warm and fuzzy hormone, but it increases levels of dopamine and serotonin, two neurotransmitters that help regulate your mood. Hello, like you hear that? I think this is gonna make sense to a lot of people like, oh, this is why I'm moody. This is, this is why I'm on edge. It helps regulate your mood as well as help keeps your body uh, relieved of stress and anxiety. Dopamine is known to regulate the pleasure center in your brain. That is the the good. Uh, it's a good counter counteract uh, counteracts feelings of of anxiety. I mean, there's there's studies with breast cancer patients that just massage therapy or some form of touch can increase the dop- dopamine serotonin levels and. And it goes into physical healing and, and all of these types of things. So, um, guys, what, like, if you were talking, if you were taught like an, somebody that's in a nursing home right now or, or a vast single population, like what, any, any thoughts, like what can they do to navigate this?
1: That's a great question. Um, one of the things that I do think is if you can figure out how to do it in a healthy way. I'm gonna make sure that I preface that because this pandemic is real. Right. (laughs) So if you can figure out how to do it in a healthy way, figure out even at the cost of your own kind of convenience, and uh, figure out if there are people you can um, isolate along with, and I've and I've already heard of people becoming roommates in this season or you know, people taking on, moving back home with their parents because their parents are isolated. They're isolated. They've they've done the study. They've done the work. They've all taken the test. They figured out that everybody is free. So they've come together to walk the rest of this isolation out. To me, that would be one of the, the practical steps that at least for some people would help yeah. navigate the season. Yeah,
0: abso- absolutely. Another thing that I, I read here um, in this same article, it just says ways to get your physical touch boost. And it was a pre-COVID article, but this one, um, is applicable to our current situation is, uh, get a pet. Yeah. yeah. I like get, get a, get a pet, get a dog. Huge get a,
1: uptake in pets right now. They call it, there, it the COVID dog syndrome is huge right now. Puppies all over the place.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, depending on what day it is, uh, I may have one for sale <laughs> or I will pay you to take, <laughs> but, but just, um. Yeah. Any any final thoughts, Zach? As we as we Yet, conclude here, th-
2: there's one there's one quote that I did want to point to. So Dr. Alan Weiss, he's kind of labeled this skin hunger. Um, it's a new concept that in our digital and, and disconnected world that, that we crave it. So to to say um, that I don't need it, to say I'm okay by myself, to say I'll figure it out on my own, I think that's just a fallacy that you're feeding, potentially feeding yourself. Um, we're, we're not meant to do it alone. We're not meant to, to not be physically not touched. We're not meant to be physically isolated. So I think that's just something that we all need to be aware of, uh, regardless of how you, you might feel right now. Uh, everyone needs needs someone.
1: I do think giving people patience in the season is also important to understanding that not everybody is dealing with COVID and the isolation the same way. So being a little bit more gracious with people, a little bit more patient with people in this season, I think will go a long way to help kind of navigate some of the relational issues that are developing in that,
0: that, that That's so good. I think this isn't, this isn't the solve all to the problem, but boy, just being aware yes. of, hey, when I walk in to a meeting or I walk into a conversation and I'm already a little... Edgy, and I can't shake somebody's hand like that matters, and so just being yeah. very, very emotionally aware and giving, extending some more grace in that in that season, and being extra careful because, um, really, what the only thing that we have during this season, or in a lot of situations, is our words and our eyes. Mm-hmm. So just being extra, how's my tone? Mm. The, am I choosing my words carefully? Am I choosing my tone carefully? To communicate, and then, like, just practical application. Like, if you have somebody to hug, hug somebody oh, the, today. Yeah. Like, Amen. you need that more. You need that more than ever. So pull your pull your spouse close, pull your kids close, and and just some extra physical touch will go a long way um, during this season. Again, we're just talking talking about. Um, The silent pandemic, the silent pandemic, how the lack of physical touch during COVID is affecting our mental health, our emotional health, our physical health. And uh, again, just want to encourage you to to, to, as much as you can, as much as you can engage in that, because it inspires the three things that we talked about from this article. It inspires positive thinking. It expands trust. It reduces social anxiety and and stress, and it boosts your immune system, lowers blood pressure. So get you some legal drugs. Can I say that?
2: I guess. You just said
0: it. Get you You some dopamine today. Get you some oxytocin. I want to be careful I say that, right?
1: <laughs> I'm just going to write it down so I can use that in an excuse for right. my wife.
0: Get you get you some oxytocin today. This has been the Enterabang Room. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to like, rate, subscribe so that you can get this content every week. Thanks for joining us.